need to be better. It's unacceptable. Everyone's accountable. We're very, very unhappy. Welcome, Rinkrets, to Season 3, Episode 5 of Thudashrink.com's Blackhawks Rinkcast, brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network. That is your sport, your team, on your time. Super loop. And as always, we are brought to you by our founding sponsors at puckhockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Check out their new lines. They just send out a bunch of emails about uh, some new lines they got. I, I'm, I've mentioned the goalie line a couple times, all these goalie metal masks. If you're into goalie masks, goalie art, things like that, that is the site to go to to get a T-shirt. They have some cool shit on it. So check it out. Throw some rink wear in there with you with it too. You know, throw a hat. You know, it's starting to get cool. Get yourself a nice uh, flannel like JJ has, right? Yeah, the yeah. blue and black ones. Pretty cool. Yeah, get over there, throw one of those in there. Maybe even put a hoodie in there. Been wearing my hoodie out a lot lately. And if uh, anyone saw the picture that I tweeted out right before we started recording, I had my Marion Hosa wear on there. They still have some of that left over. And that's some slick stuff, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, uh, dug out of my closet the other day, my, my rink.com t-shirt, um, which, um, you know, of all the rink stuff I own is probably the, the thing I've worn the least, but that in and of itself, it is a heavy, comfortable, uh, well-cut t-shirt. It's got all those cool puck hockey, uh, little tags on it. There's mm-hmm. one on the, on the hem at the bottom. And then there's one on the right sleeve. And, uh, uh, definitely worth the, uh, definitely worth the price. And, uh, you're officially a rink rat when you got one of those on, baby. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, and the zip up for the Marion Hosa, you got the nice little puck hockey. Uh, they they have like a little puck, little rubber puck on the end of it. It's like mm-hmm. a, a zipper tag. Yeah, yep. It's really cool. So uh, yeah, get get yourself get yourself over there. Use the discount code T H E R I N K. That's the rink, and get you get ten percent off of on all of your stuff over there. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, in the in the the coming. Uh, years and months and whatever we can add some some other uh merch to our line maybe for some of our other uh divisions things like that so uh stay tuned and uh we'll be bringing some new stuff hopefully so anyway that aside today is thursday november 21st 2019 and i am your host jeff osborne infamously known across the twitter machines as puck and hostel my name is jeff it's hefe man Y'all need to take a hit of this, Jeffrey. It'll calm you down. And I am joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Mr. John Jekyll, across the table or across two states. Hello. Yeah. In, in the uh, three-state-wide Vivid Seat studio, which it really no longer <laughs> is, or is it? I don't know. Um, They're the two hey, biggest dickheads in the world. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's, that, that's, our new, uh, that's, that's our new titles right there. They're the two yes. biggest dickheads in the world. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so. We ruin everything. Well, you know. Oh, bitter patter. Let's get at her. Yeah. Let's start ruining things. Like ruining people's opinions of the Blackhawks and stuff like that. We're not going to get too. Are, are we going to ruin opinions tonight? <laughs> we may do a little opinion ruining. Yeah, we might. I don't know. It's funny. This year, I've never seen. There's always been this sort of schizophrenic. Um, quality to the fan base, but it, it's never been like this year where like they win a couple of games and everybody's talking playoffs and it's, you know, Stanley cup, here we come. And then they lose one game and it's like, they suck. They're never going to win anything. It's, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, yeah. sort of, but not like this. Yeah. Laz kind of was joking about it the other day. He was being persnickety about it. And uh, he was saying, you know, don't, don't call in the season yet. You know, it's not over yet. But it's like, and I said it as simple as this. They're not as good as their best games. They're not as bad as their worst games. They're yeah. somewhere in the middle. And the middle is maybe a bubble uh, wildcard team at best. And that's about what it is. Yeah, I can't. It's hard to get like a hard and fast take because they've looked really good at times. But the one thing that um, I think that is a constant is they're getting bailed out by goaltending, um, and the defense, team defense, is really still not good. Um, we can probably go into some of the yeah. causes of that, some of the specific problem areas. But 
Um, you know, I just don't think that that's really sustainable. And like when you when they ran into the hurricanes the other night, I, I kind of felt like when I did the the recap that they, uh, uh, you know, really kind of didn't come prepared to play or at least pre- prepared to play a quality opponent. And um, or they just, you know, they they ran into a team that that had a style and um, the ability to, uh, you know, to make it harder on them. And um, I mean, it showed. So it's anyway we can talk more about it as we get into the games well yeah just just for reference for people um we're actually recording right before the game against the tampa where uh brian campbell will get his one more shift uh so that's i mean we're it's about not even six thirty yet we'll probably be wrapping up right as the blackhawks get rolling so that's uh you know we're going to talk about it the way we're going to talk about the blackhawks and then that game's going to happen so just people need to keep this in context for right now but yeah for uh it's weird how the how this is is been you know even the fan base you know fan base has been like so op- at opposite ends. There's no in the middle. There's no gray area. It's like they're gonna make the playoffs, and then the next day they're they're you know gonna get the first overall pick. And you you mentioned it. You know it's just it it's strange. You know it's kind of started last year with kind of the delusions, but at least you could see with that team they were kind of consistently you know. Uh, scoring a lot of goals and, uh, you know, putting up a lot of offense. So it wasn't like, so, you know, so polarizing. You right. could kind of see that they were kind of dilute, diluted into thinking that, you know, maybe it was a playoff team because they could score all these goals. But when you really looked into it and we did many times um, just that they were not a good team and they were not built to be a good playoff team either. They were, you know, going to be, you know, a marginal uh, regular season team that scores a lot of goals, but gives up a lot of goals. And they're kind of doing that again this year, but with a little less offense. Yeah. And, and it makes it look worse when your beat defense is bad and your offense is really struggling. And all, the only players on your team that are, you know, really showing a lot of anything for the most part are your two goalies. Right. So, but uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to bring up the, the, the Brian Campbell, one more shift thing. I thought that's kind of cool. It's good to see soup come back and, uh, but you know, that kind of is what it is. Um, I don't know if you got anything you want to add to the Campbell. No, it's, you know, it's again, saluting a guy who was a, you know, a part of that really big turnaround of the team from 2008 to 2011. And, um, uh, it's fitting and, uh, you know, he's part of the organization now and, and, uh, or he's around the organization anyway. And, and, uh, so that's good. Yeah. Um, also Adam Bokvist was, uh, sent back to Rockford. Um, I mean, we, we all kind of knew this was coming. He was the one defenseman on the team that uh, it was waiver exempt. Uh, you know, if at all possible, why burn an extra year on his contract if he's, you know, unless he's going to light the world on fire. And uh, so, you know, it, it, that's what was going to happen. They weren't going to, they, they rarely put anyone on waivers if they don't have to. Right. You know, sometimes they're stuck and they just, you know, have no, no choice. In this case, you know, Adam Bokfist isn't going to, you know, make them Stanley Cup contenders. No, no, not this year anyway. You know, the, you know, the plan, I think they had a safe plan. Bring them up for a little bit, give them a little taste of the action, <clears throat> and then let them go back down and play 20 minutes, 24 minutes a night, you know, whatever. Yeah. In, in Rockford. So that's fine. Yeah. I mean, the, the timetable and the, the protocol for developing a, a talent like him is not always consistent with the meatball desire to have every, you know, first round draft pick playing right away. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know the fans are funny just from the standpoint of how obsessive they get about, you know, winning a cup every year. And, and you gotta be able to, I think, I think you're going to drive yourself crazy if you can't kind of step back and see the, the, you know, the longer term bigger picture that's going on. And, uh, you know, I, I think in Boquist's case, he's one of those cases where, like, you know, a kid like Doc, I mean, he's got, you know, pro size and, um, you know, he may have the, the right maturity mental makeup to make the leap where Boquist may end up being a better player, actually, than 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 Doc. I don't know. It might not. But the point is, his track is going to probably require more time in the minors, learning how to play the pro game, the, the North American pro game. And um, that's fine, you know, because the bottom line is if he were playing in Chicago, they wouldn't be winning a cup either. So it doesn't, like you said. 
Yeah. Right, exactly. All right, well, that was kind of, I mean, not that there was huge news, but that was kind of the news. So let's uh, take a quick break. Then we'll come back. We'll kind of talk about the games that happened since last uh, last episode, and we'll wrap it up with some questions and a few other points of contention around here. But uh, So let's uh, take it to break and come right back. Even though the Blackhawks homestand is over, there are still plenty of home games this month and into December. Games against Toronto, Carolina, Colorado, and Tampa are coming up quickly. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the events you want to go to. If you're on a budget, you can sort by price, or you can look for your favorite seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program called Vivid Seats Rewards that allows fans to earn credit back. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Okay. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. Hey, and welcome back. So the uh, Blackhawks are getting ready to play Tampa Bay Lightning, like you said a little earlier. Um, They played several games since we recorded last. We've been so busy lately. We apologize that we haven't been able to bring you a weekly uh, ring cast, but uh, that'll change later, you know, as things... uh, is we get a little bit more free time in the future. So yeah, I think uh, no. Speaking for myself, um, my schedule is going to be freeing up a bit here. So um, hopefully, yeah, we'll we'll be able to get back to more weekly. Yeah, Are you sure it's not going to be getting more busy? You're not going to go up to Toronto and uh, you know coach the uh, Maple Leafs, are you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you because uh, I think you could do a no, better job than than Babcock did. I probably have a better chance of. Uh, doing that than Babcock does of coaching the Blackhawks. You see how he teed you up there, buddy? <laughs> there you go. Tee it up. Tee it up, baby. Yeah, that is a great point. Um, I, I I got a little bit of a uh, a chuckle out of uh, someone uh, I, on the Twitters saying that uh, the Blackhawks should, should take a look at uh, Mike Babcock uh, after he was fired, and I'm like, why would any? Why would they have done that? Like that would make no sense. I mean, even if the Colleton thing isn't working, going to a guy who has a you know ostensibly a worse reputation than like Joe Quenville as far as like being you know being difficult to deal with and uh, and not and, as good of a coach and players like don't like him. Like even that that's, that was the one thing I kind of brought up was like Joe Quenville. Okay. Everyone didn't love him. Like even Trevor Daly didn't love him. But you never hear players slam Col- Joe Quenville. Never, ever, ever. Right? No, he he had a, a, a un- almost universal respect. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I I certainly put a little bit of uh, grain of salt on on Mike Commodore's tweets, but uh, there's one guy who clearly did not respect Mike Babcock. Yeah, exactly. That's a good yeah. guy. I'm, I mean, I I've seen her heard or seen that uh you know chelios said some uh not so nice things about babcock as far as like being able to bring in free agents uh they, they were kind of restricted because uh you know babcock was their coach and yeah. uh you know there are some players that probably love him to death but you never saw you never see joe quenville getting slammed by players and you've seen mike babcock several times get slammed by players and uh <clears throat> You know, and it seems that he was difficult and he made weird, you know, it was just, it seems like more of a headache than anything that Joel Quenville would have created here in Chicago. So why would you, why would you do something like that? It just doesn't make yeah. any sense. So yeah, that's, that's the whole Babcock thing. Although I find it hilarious. And I said it yesterday that, uh, that he just was exposed as being, you know, overrated because he is, he was overrated. I mean, he, the only time he was good is when he had, uh, whole, you know, 
multiple Hall of Fame players on his roster. Right. And, and in other places, he really didn't do much of anything. I mean, he was a good, a good maybe a good coach, but he was way overrated. As some, this you know, I guy. think that what, what I've observed about him is that he's the master of, <clears throat> you know, coaching players to be able to get away with as much clutching and grabbing as possible. He's it, supposedly he's really, really good at that. Like, you know, teaching them how to turn their bodies to hide the fact that they're holding on to somebody's jersey and, you know, how far you can go with certain referees and then the way he would work referees like during a playoff series, you know, and there's a certain value in that. But at the end of the day, there's there appears to be a little bit of a personality issue and and an arrogance that really turns people off and doesn't motivate. And it's funny because we had a discussion in our chat on the rink chat today about you know, the different coaches and the coaching carousel in, in the National Hockey League, which, you know, Elaine Vigneault is proof positive of. But, you know, there was some discussion about John Tortorella, but, you know, I've observed Tortorella um, and his his book of work in Columbus over the last few years. And there's a guy that, you know, had a reputation, he's always historically had a reputation of being kind of arrogant and abrasive. But, you know, I, I think he's toned that down some. But, and the bottom line is in Columbus, he is, He's, you know, people always assume, well, he he succeeded there because he had Bobrovsky and Panarin, but he didn't have Panarin the whole time he's been here. I mean, he had success here in Columbus before he got Panarin. And um, I won't be surprised if he, you know, does a pretty good job with that team this year, although their goaltending situation without Bobrovsky is truly disastrous. So I don't know how far they can go. But, you know, just watching the way his his power plays function and you know, the, what he gets out of players like, you know, Nick Foligno and, and uh, Boone Jenner, who are not, you know, they're not superstars, but yet he gets production out of these guys and results. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, but Babcock has had a lot more talent and he hasn't done much with it, you know. So anyway, just an interesting, inter- interesting dialogue about NHL coaches and, you know, kind of who the pretenders are and who the, the contenders are in terms of being really good coaches. So... What is this turning into the uh, the rink uh, Columbus Blue Jackets rink cast? You never know. You never know. <laughs> Sir, in the first, sometimes. I will strangle you with my microphone wire. You understand me? <laughs> it could happen too. Uh yeah. Good old Babcock. Uh, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I kind of want to see Sheldon Keith do good because then that would just say that you know it wasn't a personnel thing, which I don't really think it was a personnel thing anyway. With that you know, all that talent they have up there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was funny. I saw on the Twitters that somebody mentioned that they had hired a guy named Sheldon. And my first thought was Sheldon Brookbank <laughs> <laughs> or Sheldon. What, what is that uh, TV show? Sheldon, young Sheldon. Oh, Sheldon from, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, 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 forget what it's called. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I know oh, the, the big bang theory. Yeah. There you go. Uh, anyway. All right. So anyway, speaking of other divisions, though, I do want to mention, uh, if you haven't checked out the rink, Colorado, uh, it's at rink or the, at the rink, Colorado. Um, yeah, I know. Yikes. Oh, Peter Patter. Let's get at her. So, uh, check out their, uh, Twitter account. If you like the ads stuff, they are going to um, bring you some. I describe their, their Twitter as, uh, as sassy. It's very sassy. <laughs> the rink, Colorado t- Twitter. So, yeah. uh. I think they're they're trying to kind of emulate the uh, the the app Twitter, which is which is probably the the NHL's best Twitter. One of so, them, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, so go, go check out their uh, their content. They're kind of curating it. Their first article was I think this week. There's going to be more to follow. It's Aaron Goldschmidt, our boy Aaron Goldschmidt, and uh, JJ Seward, which we're going to have to figure out. We got two. He's JJs. an imposter. Yeah, we have two He's a rank imposter. Two JJs, but they're doing Do a great not job. Accept any substitutes and well, also JJ Seward. Yeah. And also JJ, uh, is a photographer and right. the pictures he's providing are taken by the ring, the dash ranks, very own JJ Seward. And, uh, so enjoy him because, uh, he does a good job. So we're just growing and growing JJ. Yeah, yes. JJ. Yep. JJ, the original senior. Yes. One and only <laughs> except no substitutes. Boom. Nailed it. So, all right, back to the Blackhawks. So they had they had quite a few games. Um, they beat the Canucks five two. Um, they beat the Penguins three to two, and or they lost to the Penguins three to two. Sorry, in the shootout. Um, and then 
they beat the Maple Leafs 5-4. Uh, they were actually stopping them real good, um, and then the Leafs came back towards the end of the game. But uh, that was where Laner uh, made uh, 53. Uh, he tied his like, career high of 53 saves. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, they beat the Golden Knights. They beat the Predators 7-2, which was fun for everybody, you know? Um <laughs> I just hate when the Blackhawks beat the Predators, especially when the Predators are supposed to be this Stanley <laughs> Cup uh, contender. I'm just, you know, the Blackhawks, you know what? The Blackhawks could never beat that that juggernaut of the Nashville Predators. My aunt can grow balls and become my uncle, too. <laughs> Thank you, Forklift. But uh, I, I kid, I kid. But, yeah, they won 7-2 to against the, uh, the Predators, and then they beat the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, which this was their, you know, their like winning streak, quote unquote winning streak, because they they got a loser point, but and then they lost uh, to the Hurricanes the other night on Tuesday. Um, yeah. But uh, you were you actually brought up in the pre chat we were talking about the uh, the Maple Leafs game where uh, Laner made the fifty three saves, and you uh, I know you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I just it was really um, there's you know Leonard's a good goalie, um, but there's also something about how he carries himself that's. Uh, you know, really um, engaging, and I think uh, I get the sense that the players uh, feed off it as well, and I think the, I think the fans do. I think he's he's winning over Chicago, and uh, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, somebody was I think trolling us the other day, saying that they should trade Leonard and, and keep Crawford, which is just it had to be trolling. Um, and it, it, the bottom line is, again, I just it just seems like. I don't know where this season's going to go. I my feeling is this is going to be another rebuild season, and which is probably appropriate. But I think that they they made that you know that move this summer, which you know kind of came out of the blue. Although we talked about it prior, saying that it could happen, and it did. Um, uh, it just seems like that could end up being you know sort of the signature move of the summer. Maybe you know maybe in hindsight drafting Kirby Dockwell as well. But uh, it just it seems like uh, you know. They've got some problems on defense still, but, you know, the the goaltending so far, and, and that's, that's not to diminish Crawford. Crawford's had some really good outings. But overall, um, through the season thus far, Leonard's clearly been the stronger of the two consistently. And uh, that, that was a heck of a performance in that game. It really was. I mean, he ended up giving up four goals, but, you know, I think his save percentage was something like .965 or something like that. Crazy because yeah. he faced so many shots. Right, right. And, you know, we had some discussion about it in the ring chat, and you and Juliana brought up an important point that a lot of them were from outside and very few were from prime scoring areas. But, you know, that's, you know, stats like that are a little deceptive because a lot of those outside shots, you know, th- there was a ton of traffic in front of him at times too. And he, he made a lot of really clutch saves in that game. And, um, you know, it was it was it was a good game. It was really entertaining to watch because of the back and forth. Um, but it, it again spoke to the fact that you know goalies seeing that amount of shots over the course of a season, you're going to start losing some of those games too. You know, and uh, they got to they got to get that fixed if they're really going to get in the playoffs this year. Or you know, like like I said, it's it's just another rebuilding year. Yeah, every time Laner plays, I mean, I, I was a huge fan. I I have been for a while, you know, Robin Laner. Yep. I was really yep. hoping that he would, you know, he would pull it together, and he did. You know, with the Islanders last year, and uh, which was great to see. But I was a fan of him before that, just for several other reasons, not even necessarily because of his play. But now that he's here in Chicago, and we deal with him all the time, and we see him interviewed all the time. The the several times that I see him get interviewed after a game, he's got like that that down-to-earth Chicagoan type of attitude. Uh, you know, he's, of course, he's from Sweden. He's not from Chicago, but he's got like that down-to-earth, real kind of blue-collar attitude about, you know, he's really going to he's gonna tell you how it is. And, uh, you know, he's going to just, you know, he's not going to attack anybody, but he's just going to tell you how it is. And how it is is how it is kind of thing. Yep. And I think yep. that's what why people kind of are gravitating to him because he does have that blue-collar Chicago type of attitude. Um, yeah, he's got a little bit of a sense of humor, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a he's a warrior. I mean, he's got that he's got that competitiveness to him. He's not cocky by any stretch, but uh, he definitely has projects you know that competitiveness and wanting to wanting to win, and and uh, he's got some leadership qualities. And again, none of this is a bust on Corey Crawford at all. But yeah, 
I think that we all recognize, or some of us recognize anyway, that, you know, this may be his last year in Chicago and, um, um, and, you know, but if you, so if you want a guy to go forward with, um, you know, as, as you kind of rebuild an arc back up with this team, it seems like uh, number 40 is that guy. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, it's not, it's like you said, he, he's not cocky, but he's confident. That's the word yep. I would use. He, he's got that confidence to him, but it's a pragmatic confidence. Yep. You know, it's like, if he stunk, he's going to tell you he stunk and he's not going to sugarcoat it or anything like that. But, you know. He's going to tell you other, you know, he's, he's just going to tell you his opinion, his honest opinion, which is kind of refreshing when you get, you know, the pucks in deep, the, uh, you know, got to play like a team and we got to, you know, whatever, all the yeah. cliches that get thrown out. He kind of throw, he kind of spits it at you like real time, real talk. And, uh, so that's kind of cool. But, uh, again, yeah. I'm with you on the Crawford thing. Like, I mean, this is like such a, a planets aligning, uh, period in Blackhawks history for me because like three my three favorite goalies right now in hockey are all playing for the Blackhawks organization you got Calendelia because yeah you know and then you got Corey Crawford and then you got Robin Lehner and all three are three of my favorite you know probably my three favorite goalies in the league or in hockey and they're all playing for the Blackhawks so uh, I, I can't say anything bad about Corey Crawford just to the fact that you know like we said before He's thirty, gonna be thirty-five. Head injuries, the whole thing. Like, yeah, it's not no, it's it's gonna happen. And and the Blackhawks have to plan for that. If they don't plan for that, they're terrible at their jobs. Yeah, you know, you gotta you, you stand. Two years ago, had to have been planning for like, you know, Corey Crawford is gonna be thirty-five. You know, he's gonna be the last year of his contract. Do we really want to do this? You know, that's just things that guys who are good at their job, being GMs, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, that's what they have to do. And uh, if he didn't, he would be horrible at his job. And he, I don't know, probably wouldn't be working for the Blackhawks. Uh, so you right. can debate that as well, too. But um, so anyway. So those games, uh, those games aside, um, I want to rattle off kind of the stats because we kind of teased this a little bit, too. Uh, they're 9-4 or 9-8-4, 22 points. They're fifth in their uh, in the Central. 19th overall, uh, their goal differential, they actually got back to even, which is a miracle because they were like negative 11 the last time we recorded, um, their face off, uh, they've been really getting hurt in the face off dot. Uh, they, they dropped like seven spots. They're down to 26th and their, uh, their team average is 48.5. So they're, they're really getting uh, spanked at the dot. Um, as far as the PK goes, it went up slightly. If they're at 18th, the, uh, or that's the PK, yeah. And then the power play, um, they're still way at the bottom. They went up slightly, but um, they're still 28th in the league. So the power play is still stinking. Um, <clears throat> I, I saw, uh, and I, I, we'll kind of talk about this a little bit, but I saw the other day someone saying that, you know, oh, the fixed power play put Gustafson back on there. The, the, the power play was just as bad with Gustafson there earlier in the year. I mean, what is he going to do? Yeah, that was uh, what was that Blackhawks talk? Yeah, I think Pat Boyle. You don't just put a guy there because he was good at something three years ago, or what? You know, like he was there. He was there. He had the spot. It was his to lose, and he lost it. Yeah, you know, I'd be. I'd listen, I listen. I'm a believer, like in in playing to to people's strengths, and um, in my opinion, the only reason, the only place to put him is on the power play. I mean, five out five, he's dreadful. Yeah. Well, um, my point here, my point is, is that, you know, putting him on the power play is not going to fix it. It's just, gonna it may be, not, it's, it it's may a, not. I mean, he's, he, you know, in terms of a quote unquote power play quarterback, I don't know. I mean, he's probably the best they've had in the last few years, you know, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's, gonna, it's, if, if it's an actual solution or not. No. Um, but uh, there was a solution that was brought up that I that I think is actually a good idea. But I'll bring that up uh, after I'm done with the stats. Goals for they went up four. They went up a bunch of spots. So all these goals they scored in the past couple of weeks um, really got them into the, into the middle of the league. They're at league average now. So they went from being just god awful last in the league to league average. Uh, so they're up at they're at seventeenth uh, with sixty three goals. So that was the biggest improvement as far which kind of surprised me. I didn't realize that. Um, their goals against, uh, they went up just slightly, but they're 10th in the league is with 61. Uh, their shots faced per game. 
they dropped. I, I didn't even know it was possible because they were already last. They dropped even lower uh, to 30. They, they give 36.9 shots a game, so almost 37 shots every single game, which is mm. – that's not sustainable. I don't care. No, it's there's it's not, no you know. person you're going to bring in here that's going to tell me that that's sustainable to win at that at that rate. No, it's just not going to happen. So um, anyway, <clears throat> and then the the you know the fancy possession metrics. Uh, they're 29th and 30th in Corsi and Fenwick, which is shot to, total shots and unblocked shots. Um. So that's a Corsi in the Fenwick and uh, high danger save percentage. This kind of surprised me as well. Uh, they're twenty third in the league in high danger save percentage at eighty three point three one, which is uh, strange. But maybe maybe it's because they don't face a lot of high danger shots. You know, yeah. As far as the the metric of high danger shots go, but um, yeah. But they're fourth overall in five on five save percentage, which is excellent. You can't ask for any more than that. So that goes back to the goaltending, but anyway, the uh, I kind of want to talk about the the power play thing. We, we'll go back to that a little bit, but um, I did see a suggestion, which was from the I think the the Hawk Talk guys, um, saying uh, that they should put Kirby Doc on the power play somewhere, and I, I I agree with that because of the fact that you know he's he's offensively talented. It's it's a position where you're not going to really be. You don't have to worry about playing defense that much. I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's the reality of it. He's right. going to be counted on for his offense in the offensive zone, not to cover for, you know, killing penalties or anything like that. So uh, I, I say throw him out there. He's a big body. He's got good hands. Uh, he could do more. I mean, honestly, I, I'll take him over Andrew Shaw any day right now. So, uh, and he's, and really he's being sheltered in every other uh you know, scenario. He's not playing any penalty kill. He's played any power play. He basically just gets five on five time and they give him the favorable matchups. Like this would be right. another instance of you giving him a favorable matchup where he can succeed offensively. So I, I I'm, I'm all with throwing Kirby Doc in on, on the power play just to see what you can get out of him. If you want to, if you want to see what you can get out of someone, do it that way. Don't put some guy who didn't work earlier back on there, hoping that you're going to strike gold this time. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. You got any other any other uh, power play or uh, defensive uh, analysis here? No. Um, I did, again, I think that uh, I don't know. I'm not. I think you know. I do think that you know. We've we've harped on this over and over again. But I, I do think that the face off deficiencies um, feed into the the shot discrepancies. Um, you know, cause it's, it's just logic. I mean, you, if you win faceoffs, you'll possess the puck coming out of the draw and therefore your chances of, of getting more shots on the opponent's net go up. Um, great and point. I think, pardon me. It's a great point. Yeah. And I, so I think that's part of it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't attribute it entirely to that. I think, you know, part of the problem is, is you've got some guys out there who are, who are turnover machines like Gustafson. Um, I think, so I think that's part of it. Um, uh, you know, um, so it's again, and, and I don't know if, again, if it's, if it's, if it's Colleton's defensive scheme that, uh, is, is, is contributing to it as well. I don't know, but, um, it just, um, it just seems like there's a ways to go there. And, you know, the other thing is too, to be on the positive side, this is still a very new team. I mean, there's a lot of new faces on this team and he's been moving the lines around a little bit too. So maybe there's, you know, um, uh, there'll be some settling in and, and some, some roles will solidify and maybe that'll help too. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just funny watching even Keith and, and, uh, Seabrook play Keith, Keith is still, you know, 90% of what he used to be, but Seabrook isn't. And, uh, so that's part of it too. I mean, you used to be able to really rely on Keith to, to really be a, an anchor. And he, there's times when he struggles a little bit now because he's not as mobile as he used to be. And, and, uh, um, you know, they've, they've got him playing some nights with Gustafson too. And that's, you know, there's a challenge there as well. So, um, we just got to kind of see, you know, but I thought, um, I do like that Murphy, uh, who do they have Murphy playing with? They haven't played with, uh, Olimata, I think. Yeah. And, uh, the latest I kind of like that yeah. pairing at times. They've looked pretty solid at times. And, uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe they'll get this thing uh, squared away a little bit, at least in terms of just, you know, not so much pressure on the goalies. Right. Yeah. And, uh, we always get uh, branded as the negative guys, 
<laughs> and we hear Cruel, about that a lot. But fair. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there are some some good things. Like I, I want to. Uh, I didn't want to forget, but Dominic Kubalik, like I think that he's come, becoming sort of a breakout player. I mean, he, he has his ups and his downs, but he's shown he has skill. You know, he belongs here, and uh, you know he can contribute. He, it may only be you know, you know, forty points, but you know, forty points is pretty damn good for a third line wing. You know, that's yep. young like he is, yep. and, and he could play the power play as well. So, uh, you know, Kubalik, uh, Alex Nylander has looked really good. A lot better than I expected, um, which is good because he's still young and he's still growing. And he has, I mean, he's he has some moments where you know he really looks like a very good overall player, and then he has some, you know he has some struggles sometimes too. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's still people who kind of you know pine for um, you know the glory days of uh, our young Finnish defenseman we traded for him. But uh, I don't know. Um, I, I still feel like Henry Yoki Haru. I still feel like, um, you know, it's starting to look like that was actually maybe a decent trade because the big knock on him was that basically he was kind of a quitter on the ice and he wouldn't he wouldn't play, you know, with energy and and passion. And there have been flashes of that. But for the most part, he's he's worked pretty hard both ways. Yeah, yeah, he has. He's quick and he's got really quick hands. He's got some skill. Yeah. So, I mean, like those are two guys that. you know, have been surprises and uh, like Ryan Carpenter has re- had a really good defensive year. You know, I mean, you don't, you don't see his name on the score sheet, but you know, penalty kill and face-offs and stuff. He's been, he's been a pretty good uh, acquisition, I think. Yeah. Uh, as far as that goes. Um, I don't hate Kelvin DeHaan. I think he's been okay. He's been fine. Uh, he's had some, he said some games where he's been their def- best defense. But. Yeah. And Olimata. I like Olimata. I mean, I, I mean, I, I said it in the summer and I'm, I'm still going to stick with it. Like this defensive lineup should be better. Uh, Keith and Gustafson, DeHaan, uh, Seabrook, uh, Murphy, and Mata. Like, that's a decent, uh, you know, kind of veteran. Uh, I have a question end. about only Mata, though. And um, this is for Derek Harms. Has anyone ever seen him in the same room with Billy Polka at the same time? <laughs> you you think he's just Billy Polka with, the, with like he, a, he, a... Well, he's like the left-handed Billy Polka, only better. <laughs> Cause he, but he looks just like Billy Polka to me. I mean, literally just like him. Yeah, well. But he is trash. And then by that I mean Billy Polka. <laughs> or uh, hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. Oh. <laughs> Don't forget about him. That's probably what got you that's probably what got you blocked by his sister. I know I got blocked by, by his sister. I I don't think I've ever said anything bad about the poor <laughs> no, guy. And she blocked me. That that soundbite, I'm sure. I mean, well, you know. I son died. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, we're having fun here tonight. Uh, quality. <laughs> quality. Comedy so, gold, Jerry. Yep, yep. So anyway, uh, we talked about Doc a little bit. I mean, he's had a point streak, so that's, you know, I mean, could you, I couldn't expect any more out of him than what he's given thus far. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm fine with him being where he's at. I mean, they're not overusing him. They're, you know, they're not, he's not getting beaten to the ground, luckily. They're using, you know, pretty sparingly, but, um, again, the power play would be nice. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm happy with, uh, what I've seen of Kirby doc. He's pretty impressive. Yeah. He, and the, he seems the last few games to get beginning some confidence too. And, uh, you know, I've, I'm always the guy who, you know, reigns on the play the kids parade, but, um, you know, this is again, again, it, it's a rebuilding year probably. And uh, for whatever reason, they felt like they could keep him around. And um, he, uh, you know, it, it just it just seems like this this may be the right way to develop him rather than because the only option, the other option they had was sending him back to the Western Hockey League. And he probably would be just totally a man among boys in that league at this point. So bring keep him up here and bring him along and see what you can see, what, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it is six of one, half, half a dozen of another. You just moved his... You moved his development up one year, so yeah, yeah, um, that's that's fine. Uh, you know, he seems to fit. He seems to be. I think uh, I like to see the way that he's kind of interacting with Taves and Kane and trying to. It just seems like he's going to be that next, you know, leadership type player, kind of young leadership type player, yep. like you know uh, Austin Matthews or you know. I, I'm not saying talent wise, but I'm just saying you know status in the organization. Um, you know, Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews or something like that. 
you know, one of those younger players that takes over the leadership role really early in his career, yep. much like Jonathan Taves. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's good. It's positive. Hey, you know, I got, we got some positive things to say here today. Yes, we do. Yeah. But negative things, we do have a uh, negative thing. Uh, the Blackhawks actually uh, are our favorite uh, dartboard of a prospect for the Blackhawks. Graham Knott was traded to, to Pittsburgh for Joseph Cramarosa. Uh, phrasing. And uh, I believe, I, I tried to look this up and I didn't get to ask Mario uh, today, but I believe that's the brother of the other Cramarosa that, that, uh, that played on uh, it is. The, the prospects team. So Phrasing. Is, it's so funny because Gate, you'll remember a couple of years ago, I I had a source telling me that they had some, that the Hawks had some interest in Robin Leonard. Remember we talked about that, oh, yeah, and yeah. you know, sure enough, they they went out and signed him this summer, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so the, you know, this front office will identify guys that they're interested in for whatever reason, and you know, you'll hear about it like one one summer, and then two or three summers later, he'll be a Hawk, and it does. So it doesn't always happen right away. Um, 2017, I was told that they, when Cremoroso was with Vancouver, the Hawks had an interest in him and, you know, then people are going to go, well, well, why? And I, you know, I, as I recall at the time, I think they saw him as kind of a, uh, Andrew Desjardins type player. And, um, sure enough, you know, here we are th- two years later, he's, he's, he's a Hawk. So, um, I don't know, you know, if he's going to ever even break the Hawk lineup or, you know, just purely be a fixture in Rockford. But um, it just kind of goes to show that, you know, they will keep certain guys on their radar. And if they get the opportunity, if they like that guy, they've got good scouting on him. They'll go out and get him. So, and Once I mean, Graham not wasn't, wasn't going to do anything with the Hawks either. So it's probably just one of those, you know, moving the deck shares type, type yeah. of moves. But for whatever reason, they've had some interest in Cramarosa for a couple of years. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Graham, not. I mean, we love to beat on that guy because he's a second round pick, and he's just been like he, he can barely make the fourth line in the AHL. And so yeah. why 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 did they draft him? Why? Don't know. So um. Anyway, let's get into some questions, and then let's get out of here. Um. So let's do it, Aaron and uh, JJ, the other JJ. Yeah, the <laughs> imposter. Yeah. Um, how do the Hawks plan on defending Nathan McKinnon next week? Asking for a friend. Not sure who that friend could be. Uh, my response actually is funny because uh, I responded to that on the Twitters and I said, "Well, we'll just we're just going to outscore him with Gus." <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, for and against. there are literally people who think that's that's how you fix the defense is you just don't defend at all. You just, you know, send six forwards up the five forwards up the ice and, and uh, just score more goals. And yeah, that yeah, doesn't like, work. Like but. our boy brain sprain, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, his his uh, his love affair with Gus is pretty entertaining. I'm not sure it's 100 percent serious. Yeah, well, brain sprain. I don't like your jerk-off name. I don't like your jerk-off face. I don't like your jerk-off behavior. And I don't like you, jerk-off. <laughs> All right. Back to, back to the questions. Adam, uh, Chicago Adam C. It seems like every year I start reading about next year's draft class earlier and earlier. This, this class is seemingly loaded with potential. How does the hype behind this class compare to previous years? And would there ever be a reason why... Lafreniere shouldn't go first overall. I don't know that we're going to have much insight on that, but you got anything you want to say on that? No, okay. you know, I, I, listen, I, I don't really even start digging into the draft till usually um, the end of the NHL regular season. I'm not a really, I, at one time I, I was very into the prospects. I wrote, I wrote for hockey's future for a few years and you know, that was a different story, different time, but uh, humble brag. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. very humble. <laughs> Um, a lot of, a lot of people have, uh, darkened that door. Um, uh, but, um, Whoa. you know, I, uh, yeah, I don't phrasing. have an opinion. <laughs> Lafreniere could walk in here and, and, uh, you know, right, right now and kick me in the, you know, what's, and I wouldn't know who the hell he is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, 
I think Quentin Byfield is there's a there's a chance he could you know he could at the end you know I mean like Kirby Doc did you know Kirby Doc came out of nowhere and uh, so anyway I, I think that could happen but other than that I really don't know much more uh, you know about the draft and I, like you I may start paying attention like around the world yeah when the worlds happen and yeah I'll start you know kind of trying to get you know get familiar with names and kind of paint you know that's how you get you know. It, it, familiar with you know jack hughes and all those guys from last year was you know watching the worlds and then just you know trying to keep up with with them as best you can but i don't know anything you know you know what uh the other one that um i heard a lot about and they said you know there's an outside chance he could go first and because of the position he plays that would be even more unusual is that russian goalie um i forgot his name but um he I spoke, never even knew it. He's a left-handed goalie. Oh, uh, we love that. Yeah, left. Like that. Yeah, I know. I love that. He's left-handed Russian goalie. Plays in the what is it? The MHL, which is just below the KHL. And uh, I was he- hearing and reading a lot of things about him, um, possibly having an outside chance of going first overall. That he was that good, that far and above. You know, better than any goalie that in you know even this year, last year, or you know three years ago. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious about him. I, I've, I've seen some highlights and he seems really good. Um, but again, like I said, like you said, I, I love my left-handed goalies, so, uh, I'm pulling for him, but, um, again, you're, you know, that's going to become a, a pot Colson situation where, uh, you have to know that, you know, what, where he sits right? as far as his, 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 his intentions. Because, and it, you know, there's really no telling, you know, as far as the Hawks, there's no telling where they're going to pick. I mean, they could be, you know, anywhere from um, – they probably won't be lower than 20th or even maybe 16th. But, um, you know, after that, I mean, if, they, if they're in the lottery, you know, they could luck out again and, and go in the top five, you know, or top ten or, you know, top eight um, or – you know, who knows? I mean, it's just, it'll, if there's a, you know, so that's the other reason that I'm not going to get real excited about the draft. Cause I don't even know where my team is picking, you know, I don't even have an idea. Right, right, right. Yeah. So anyway, um, that goalie, his name is Yaroslav Askarov. That's his name. Um, he's like six, three, 170 pounds, big, you know, um, big lanky kid. Um, but, lanky. Yeah. But uh, he's uh, for what he, he and when I saw his uh, when I saw the the couple of saves they were showing it he had like his first shutout last week or something in the MHL or whatever their their uh, their lower league is there. But um, I was watching him play and he, I was noticing how thin his frame was. But he yeah. is definitely very uh, very very lanky. Has uh, really good you know quick hands and feet. And uh, I mean you never know. I mean, you never know. So, but uh, those are the only three names that I could I could give you right now off the top of my head that I know of that are going to even be in the draft. And that's yeah. only because they were you know possibly projected in the top five. So, anyway, the Saito asked last year, you probably could have gotten a first round pick for Gustafson, maybe more. What is the realistic value now? Also, do the Hawks look to move Crawford at the deadline? Um, first part. I said I replied to this and said, "Listen, getting a first round pick for Gustafson is 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 expecting a little much, but you could have got something of value for him, something yeah. uh, something of you know good use. I mean, even if it was a second round pick, but I'm just saying you probably got to got a second round pick and maybe a player, you know, an NHL type player for him. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but first round pick, maybe late first round pick." But I doubt it. I highly doubt yeah, it. Yeah, you'd have to have a GM who's in love with him. And you know what? I mean, there's there's certain skills that he has that he brings to the table. Um, you know, and let's face it, Mike Milbury was an NHL GM, so it doesn't always take a brain surgeon. <laughs> um, you know, um, I, I you might could possibly get a, a late first rounder because. You know, late first round picks in the NHL are certainly no guarantee to to develop either. So, possibly, I, I would think you could from from a team that really likes and values what he does, and and then also perhaps has 
uh, a couple of players that you can pair with him to, you know, uh, cover for his shortcomings, then maybe you could get a, a, a second round pick, you know, or a decent prospect for him. Um, um, so that that's possible. And I, my belief has been is that when, when Adam Boquist is ready, that Gustafson becomes expendable. Cause I, I don't, I don't believe that they're going to improve their defense or their team defense playing both of those guys appreciable minutes. I just don't think it's it's going to be possible because I think I think he, Boquist, if he becomes the next Eric Carlson, you know Carlson's not necessarily the greatest defender in in the league. He's not terrible. He's actually decent at times, but if he wants to be, but um, I just think you know the way those two guys play, I think you're going to have um, your goalie seeing a lot of rubber if you, if you've got them. And you know they they just kind of both do the same thing. They're both guys that are probably better in the power play, and and uh, so. I could see I could see Gustafson moving at the deadline, and frankly, the other part of the question, I, to me, at the logic of running the business of an NHL team, and you know, investing in futures as opposed to uh, investing in in non futures, uh, I think if you know they went to Crawford and they said, look, we you've got a chance to play for a, a cup contending team, um, you know, would you accept a, a, a trade to Team X at the deadline? Um, you know, no hard feelings, Corey, you know, he might do it. He might, he might take it and go do it. Cause he might have it. If it were, I think for to a team with a, that it's going to make the playoffs might have a realistic cup cup shot and they need a goalie. If all those things lined up, then I could see them moving him and, you know, maybe again, getting like a, a late first or a high second for him perhaps. And it would make sense. Cause I, I don't believe they're going to resign him. I say package them both together and send them out. Yeah, but doesn't that kind of, <laughs> you know, the purpose doesn't doesn't getting Gustafson defeat the purpose of getting Crawford? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, you know, I mean, there are while there aren't as many as there used to be, um, and and it's completely the opposite of the Blackhawks problem. But there are teams out there who don't don't have defensemen that can you know rush the puck up the ice, right? And right. and there and those and maybe those teams can't afford an Eric Carlson or something like that. So, okay, if, you know, it, I'm not saying he's Eric Carlson because he's not, but he can move the no, puck no. pretty well. Uh, so, you know, if you're, you know, if you have a team full of a bunch of guys who can cover for him and he can rush the puck up the ice and fit, you know, a specific need for a team, do it. You know, yeah. there's got to, there's going to be one out there. I mean, I can't think of one out. I'd have to, you know, dig into the stats to really figure out which team that might be, but uh, there are going to be teams and it's, you know, not the avalanche, that's for sure. But, um, <laughs> Holy kale Makara, right? Right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. In yeah, uh, Crawford, I think uh, move him whenever you can. There's no use hanging on to him. I mean, if someone asked you tomorrow, you know, can we trade you for Craig Crawford? And he'll do it. Like, do it. Get rid of him. Like, get something for him. And, you know, it, not that it ever happens, but resign him in the summer if you want, you know? If, if you really want him, you know, send him to a $1 million deal as a backup if you love him that much. But get something for him, you know? And if you if he never comes back, okay, so what? So you don't have a guy who's 35 and going to be your backup goalie. I, I can guarantee you this. Um, well, first of all, you know, there there is the, a chunk of his $6 million a year salary that, that a team would have to fit under the cap. Um, and so you'd have to – but, for example, if a team, a, a playoff team has an injury to their number one goalie, um, a season-ending injury. Um, there, there's going to be a lot of talk about Corey Crawford starting right there, um, because nobody around the league looking at the Hawks situation can't see the fact that, you know, they've got Leonard there, and Leonard clearly can be or Leonard clearly can be the guy carrying the ball, um, and you know they could they, so Crawford becomes expendable. Um, so again, it's it is is there a team that had takes an injury to their number one goalie? Um, and needs to, to backfill that with a guy, you know, cause then if you, if it's an injury and it's an LTIR situation, the, the cap issue comes off the table because they could go and, and replace those dollars without, without a cap impact, according to the CBA. So that, that takes that off the table. So again, look for those teams that, you know, take an injury to a number one goalie, if there are any between now and, and, uh, February, and that could be where, where Crawford goes. And you know it's a shame that uh, San Jose is as bad as they are, because they're a team who is 
last year was so good in every aspect, but their goaltending let them down. Like yeah. that would be a team like, listen, Hey Corey, you want another shot at the cup? Doug Wilson needs a goalie. And you know, they would have to find a way to figure, you know, figure it out as far as salary goes. But really it's not as hard as people make it out to be sometimes because you accrue, you know, a certain percentage of cap space over the season based on what you haven't used. Right. You know, it's it's not like it's six million dollars at day one and it's six million dollars at, you know, day whatever, you know, three hundred. It's not it doesn't work like that. So um <clears throat> you're gonna have more cap space. Uh, you know, later in the year when you would need to get a goalie like that. And I heard someone last year mentioning that they, you know, it's too bad they couldn't have gotten like, you know, Jimmy Howard or something. But then they also said that, you know, Jimmy Howard necessarily didn't want to leave where he was at. So, you know, but that would have been a perfect situation. But San Jose is such trash this year that, uh, yeah, you know, it's not, not even worth thinking about. Trash you know, times I, a million. So, <laughs> so this is a little bit of a digression, but I, I think it's really kind of germane to this topic as we talk about Corey Crawford and possibly, you know, the, the twilight of his career. Um, there was an article on hockey buzz, um, this morning by Eklund that, um, where he, where he cited Mark Andre Fleury apparently has reached some milestone in terms of games. He's won. And he posed the question is, is he one of the all time greats? And boy, my first reaction to that was no, um, you know, he's won, he's won a ton of games and he's, you know, played, I think, in four Stanley Cup finals and won three of them. But you know what? I mean, if if Auntie Niemi had not beaten out Corey Crawford in the fall of 2009, Crawford probably would have three cups. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't think Crawford's one of the all time greats either. I think he's he's been a, an, an outstanding, excellent and, and you know, elite or verging on elite goalie for the last several years. Um, but I wouldn't put him in the top 10 goalies all time. And frankly, I don't know. I mean, if I'm, if I were to go into a playoff series, would I want Corey Crawford in his prime or would I want Mark Andre Fleury in his prime? And I think I'd want Crawford. What do you think? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a big Crawford guy. We just talked about right. that. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd want Crawford and you know what? I never really thought of it that way. I mean, I, re- I remember that in 2010, that it was more of kind of like a waiver situation or something like that. It wasn't more, it wasn't as much of a, uh, you know, like a, one guy was that much better than the other in, in, in preseason. No, it was, it, it, I think, as I re- yes, there was some kind of a contractual yeah. issue that made it more sense for them to keep the Emmy. But right. I also felt like, there, there was an argument that could be made that that Niemi had maybe been slightly better in the preseason and camp, because um, he was a few years older than Crawford at the time too, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I don't you know, know. It's, it's splitting hairs at this time, but yeah, yeah. There was there was a good point that Crawford could have very well been a three time Cup winner. Yeah, uh, that and, easily too. You know, one of the things that you know, because I responded on the thread, and I, I just you know, I was going to say, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna grade. Mark Andre Fleury out on these on these criteria, then you you probably have to lump Chris Osgood in there, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yeah. the thing is what it, part of what inflated those guys' stats is the teams they played on were great mm-hmm. teams. I mean, I I do like Mark Andre Fleury too, so I just want to I do too. I want to go on record too. for saying that because I think uh, you know early on he was he's he was kind of branded as a bit of a choker, but um, he's proven since then that he's you know yeah he's worthy of being, you know, up there as one of the, 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 the better goalies. Yeah. I think the, uh, the cup in Vegas kind of really redeemed him. I think as, you know, um, I think up to, you know, at that point, you know, he was kind of, he was kind of the, the odd man out in Pittsburgh, you know, well, yeah. prior to that point. Yeah. But I think the cup in, in, in Vegas, I think was the thing that really kind of, you know, elevated him back up. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's, we don't need to, hammer yeah, that in anymore it's a digression i just yeah. thought it'd be interesting yeah uh sh- i am shady asked uh, my boy my concert buddy uh i hear toronto media hype praising uh freddie anderson is it deserved uh i just think less of him because of the the 2015 western conference finals um i'm not a huge freddie anderson fan but um neither am i i just think he's just okay uh i think he's a less lesser version of robin leonard to me because they're both big big goalies that take up a lot of room without even having to move. They're just big. They're 
I think yeah. Freddie Anderson's like 230 and Robin Leonard's like 240. Like the, you don't see that in go out of goalies anymore. But no. um you know, I, I don't I, I'm not super impressed with him. Uh he, he's good. That's it. That's about it. Uh he's not I, I don't think he should be considered for Vezina. But he's a good starting goalie. And but, you know, it's so funny, too, because, like, again, it's the hype. I mean, I remember when, when Toronto got him, it was like you they were talking like they had they'd got Ken Dryden or something like that. I mean, it was just – and I remember thinking, yeah, he's good, but he's – I don't know. I mean, I, the Hawks really exposed him in that 2015 Western Conference final, I mm-hmm. thought, you know, and uh, he kind of fell apart. I mean, he just completely fell apart in that yeah. series and, and – uh, I don't know. Um, well, well. Anyway. Uh, and the last thing, we're going to kind of go back to Robin Lehner a little bit just because Skybone 404 brought it up. But um, Robin Lehner's been huge for the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks need to sign him ASAP. If they can't get it done during the season because he wants to test the market and price himself out of Chicago, or the Hawks D gives him PTSD like Dennis Lemieux, should they uh, try trading him at the deadline? Um this is only assuming they can't get a deal done or trade Crawford at the deadline. And what do you think they could get at the deadline from a team looking for a goalie depth in the playoffs? Then we kind of brought that. You kind of talked about that. Um, as far as the liner thing goes, I said it during the summer and I'm going to say it. I, I've said it several times since that Robin Lehner, um, I, I am firmly under the belief. And we, we, we I've said this once before about uh, who was it last year? The defenseman, the Blackhawks signed on a PTO. Um, Oh, uh, uh, Cody Franson. Yeah, right. The Cody Franson thing. This is the same thing. I'm firmly in, in the camp that um, the Blackhawks have a, have a contract sitting in the desk, just waiting for Robin Lehner's, um, you know, signature on it. Uh, they, and they can't do it until after the first of the year. Um, and then after the first of the year is when they can do that. I think it's going to be shortly thereafter where you hear about a Robin Lehner extension. For I at least believe five so too. Years, I think I don't think he signed in Chicago without having some hmm, assurance um, that uh, you know they wanted to do an extension. Um, it, there were some people, there was some scuttlebutt that nobody else was interested in him, and I, I don't believe that. I think I think the Columbus Blue Jackets were interested in him because they were in the process of losing their number one. I'm sure there were um, many teams that were interested in him. Yeah, after the year and had. you know, it, it, so the deal is, you know. The, the Hawks, in theory, have until July 1st to, to extend him. He's a Blackhawk property until June 30th of 2020. And so I, I'm not sure unless there is some kind of a real souring of the relationship between Leonard and the team or his agent and the team, I'm not sure they have to impose a deadline that they have to sign him by February 15th or trade him. Um, you know, the bottom line is it's the same. It's kind of the same deal with Crawford. It's like. You got to have a dance partner who's got the got the cap space or the injured goalie and the LTIR space um, that would trade for him. And at that point, you know, again, unless he, like Leonard has told the team, there's absolutely no way I'm resigning here. I hate it here. Um, the logic for trading Crawford is is much greater, um, and the logic for signing Leonard is much greater. Yeah. So um, I, again, I think if one of those guys gets traded, and it's not a guarantee either will, but if one does, the guy who makes clearly makes the most sense is Crawford. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can't see if if you if you get rid of Leonard, like just think about what it's going to be like next year when you're not get, you're not getting him back. Right. Like, what do they yeah. have? What do they have? I mean, I love Colin Delia, but he's not yeah. stepping in. You know, he's not going to step in the NHL in a first full NHL season and do what, you know, Corey Crawford or Robin Lehner are, are, were doing this year. And he would no. have to do it again. And that's not, a, that's not a knock on him. Yeah. It's, you know, these are these are experienced NHL goalies. And, and, you know, Crawford's, God bless him, he's, you know, he's seen this barrage of shots for several years now. And, yeah. And, uh, but, um, yeah, you know, it wouldn't be fair to Delia to, to bring him in, and you yeah. know, under that, those circumstances and say, here, you're the number one. Um, you know, so, I, again, you've got the guy. You've got the 28-year-old guy who is playing lights out most nights, and, and the, the teammates love him, and the, the city loves him, and it just, it just makes too much sense. Yeah, it does, and especially from the marketing perspective of John McDonough, you know. Um, just, you know, that, again, the blue collar, uh, goalie for Chicago, like, yeah. you know, that Trubisky guy, yeah. uh, Mitch Dubinsky. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that gone south. Ooh. I 
<laughs> oh, anyway, all right, let's get out of here so we can go watch this Brian Campbell thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't have any. I, I have the one last plug: um, the um, Love for Laura or Justice for Laura. I'm sorry. Um, go check that out. Um, I, I mentioned it before. It's a Facebook page. It's facebook.com justice the number four Laura S. Uh, you can uh, you can donate there. It was the aunt of my uh, my wife. And uh, this unfortunate story, you can go Google yeah. it and all that stuff. But if you want to check, uh, if you want to go head over there and, and donate, we would appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, just if you feel out of the goodness of your heart, you want to do that, uh, please do. And uh, I don't have any more plugs. You got anything? Uh, check out our boys at The Rink Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. At The Rink Colorado, no dashes or spaces um they're uh just getting started and um like i said their their twitter feed is sassy it's a good follow um <laughs> and uh what else we got what else well, you we know who that plug? saucy guy is right where is a aaron right now <laughs> it's a, it is aaron i yeah. mean you know that's totally aaron and uh, you done messed up yeah. aaron <laughs> No, I don't. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y. Go and get that rink gear. Use that uh, T-H-E-R-I-N-K discount code for all puck hockey gear, not just ours. But uh, Mm -hmm. you never know who you'll see wearing rink rink gear at a Blackhawk game or or a Blue Jackets game or now a uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche game. And uh, we uh, yes, we've had some preliminary discussions about expanding the rink. Uh, clothing line to reflect our new affiliate and possible future affiliates. Um, but in the meantime, uh, there's, there's still quite a stockpile, if you will, <laughs> of rink here waiting for you to scoop it up. So, uh, and they are not Hong Kong, Hong Kong, uh, classics. So they're not Hong Kong classics. Yeah. No, this is uh, the real stuff, man. Yep. So yeah. anyway, uh, and you can find all of our uh, great comprehensive stuff at www.the-rink.com. And uh, I am on the Twitters at, at Pocket Hostel. And then, of course, our, our uh, The Rink official on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then at The Rinkcast. And actually, you can go to www.therinkcast.com. And that will actually take you to our website as well. Uh, just in case anyone wanted to do it that way. You're at Jekyll, J-A-E-C-K-E-L. I am. And then if you get a chance, please head over to iTunes, rate and review us. Thank you for all the reviews you've had. At least rate us, even if you don't review us. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, I think we're good, right? We're excellent. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the next